I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. Hello. Just before we get on with today's episode, Chris and I want to tell you all about our Patreon page. It won't take long, but we think you're going to want to hear it. Because you're missing out, quite frankly. Massively. All the more risque stuff that we sometimes think, oh, can we get away with that? Uh, we put it on our Patreon pages. And there's over 150 episodes uh, for our $10 subscribers. Absolutely. So for well, whatever that works out in UK pounds, what's that, about £7.50 a month? Yeah, for, for the price of a bag of chips, for a Savoy and chips, you can actually have us in your ears four times extra a month. That's four episodes minimum that we put out um, exclusively for Patreons, plus... Um, there's loads of we video most of our episodes now and the videos you can watch all of the podcasts now over on patreon as well um we put up loads of other unique content over there yeah don't there's we? there's there's pictures there it's basically our version of our own new fans account isn't it basically so you, you exactly. get the sort of pictures on there of, of the behind the scenes of stew tucking into a pot noodle basically sort of stuff you that shouldn't be available to the public no one needs to see that but that's all we just thought we'd give you a quick heads up that if you're enjoying these podcasts then be aware, for like £7.50, you can go and listen to over 150 exclusive episodes. And there's some great ones over there with previous guests as well. Um, loads of names that you're going to recognise if you've been listening to, to the, 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 the weekly podcast we put out. And yeah, and also, if you are a subscriber, we're more than likely to do one of your top fives if you recommend it. Because we prioritise the patrons first, don't we, as well? Absolutely, yeah. So we we try and sort of do as many top five suggested by you lot as well. So, uh, yeah, head over to Patreon. Where can they find out about it, Chris? Uh, Patreon.com forward slash hardcore listing. Easy peasy. And you can watch an intro video there as well of us in jacuzzis and doing sexy stuff. With Gal Porter. With Gal Porter. Not doing sexy stuff with Gal Porter. Can I just clear, clear that up? <laughs> Gal, not trying to drag your name through the mud. <laughs> and Scroobius Pip. Yeah. <laughs> All right. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash hardcore listing. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I am one of your presenters, the slightly better one. I am Stu Whiffin. Hello. Sitting opposite me via means of Zoom is... The presenter that doesn't lie, Christopher Glasson, the actual, <laughs> the actual good one. How you doing, mate? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's uh, it's a lovely sunny day, and I'm sitting in the uh, in the shed, and uh, I'm not going to lie, it's a bit hot in here. Where, where are you recording in France today? Or is that because I've got a stripy top on? Possibly. Okay. Is that is that racist? I think it might be. I think so. I don't know. You're we'll ask our racist. guest in a minute. Um. Okay. Right. Um. What we should say, if you're a new listener, is Hardcore Listing Podcast is a weekly podcast where we invite guests on. Not all the time. Sometimes it's just Chris and I. And we we pick a topic, and then within that topic, we count down a top five within it. That's how it works, right, Chris? It does. It is indeed. And we should shout out our sponsors very quickly as well. So we've got Charles and Love Beer, uh, love-beer.co.uk. Um, it's been a long-time sponsor of ours, and you can get 15% off at the moment if you type in LBHCLP into uh, the Love Beer website, and you'll get a lovely 15% off all your alcohol goodies. And also, uh, Luke 
and Bang Boom Creative. And after this, we're going to be going to do a, a snazzy photo shoot later, I believe, aren't we? We've uh, yep. kindly uh, set up by Luke. He, I, I said to him, you know, do we bring a, like any outfits and that? He said, we won't need them. He said, but he's going to make us stars. <laughs> really? Okay, yeah, ominous. Interesting. Yeah, he said, don't okay. bother with clothes and uh, he'll put our name up in lights. So uh, I, tr- I trust him. I trust yeah. him. He works with children in need. They can't, it can't be too, can't be too sinister <laughs> what he's going to do. Uh, and big thanks to our producer, uh, 76, um, for making this sound glorious for your ear rolls. Um, okay, today's guest, Alexis Strum. Hello. Hiya. How are you? I'm crying. It's, I think the emotional gravity of being on your podcast has just hit me. Is it finally or it could be, could be the cheap rimmel eyeliner, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Combination of the two. Um, I mean, I, I imagine there would have been lots of uh, watery eyes uh, in the uh, experiences that you're going to talk about today. Um, before we do ask <laughs> you what your top five is, Alexis, um, did you consider any others before you settled on what you did? I'm actually looking at the list of the other things. So I had top five also rands from history. Okay. Um, nice. Top five embarrassing moments. Top five people I tried to pull and failed. <laughs> top five Incredible. kids shows. But then I thought that's quite boring, isn't it? <laughs> top five. Top five. <laughs> Doctors in the NHS. Oh, that was like a worthy one, wasn't it? We don't want worthy. Going serious. No, 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 no. So, well, yeah, this was pretty easy to choose, really, to be fair. So we do flip between serious and, and the uh, sort of like more whimsical top fives. Um, I think the last one we recorded, was that yesterday? Which was top five glimpses of penis in movie. With Poppy um, so we've, we've gone yeah. back into more of a... From the, the serious chats we've had with people about racism recently, now to what we'd say is the more serious ones, which is actually your top five. You're gonna you're gonna bring up now. Is it serious? <laughs> I'd say I'm 100 percent whimsy, but we'll go with serious. That's fine. It's good. Yep. What's your top five, Alexis? Top five favourite locations I've puked. <laughs> so good. Fucking love this. My parents will be so proud. We get so many top five um, recommendations from our listeners, and I'm at you know they're normally at, they are outstanding, and I'm so surprised no one's come up with that genius one yet. So you've in the thousands that we've been recommended, that is definitely unique as well. Thank so. you. Yeah, I feel quite proud of myself actually. Yeah. <laughs> so we normally ask guests like what the criteria is for this, you know, if there are any specifics, but I guess it's just where you threw up, right? It's basically the places I threw up, yeah. I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. There's not really any, yeah, there's nothing more deep to it than I'm that. trying I'm to go highbrow, but it's not going to happen, is it? Not going to happen today with me, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll see what I can segue in there, but no. <laughs> okay. Number five, let's do it. So is this, I wasn't sure, is this supposed to be chronological? Because... Well, no, it can be How just as it is, or it can be this one was quite embarrassing all the way up to fuck me that was ridiculously embarrassing scarred for life yeah okay okay so however you want to do it all right so i'm going to go with i'm going to go with chronologically because i'm quite old and i've seen a lot of history so let's start you're in good company yeah (laughs) (laughs) so what do i just tell you it so just just tell you you just let us know what happened okay so first one is um I nearly threw up on Jarvis Cocker when I was interviewing him, um, but I managed to hold it in. But you know when you're like, you're doing the boat face and it's kind of like that, did do that throughout the interview. Um, I was a young student journalist at King's College where I was studying English um, back in the days when I don't even think the internet was around. And uh, yeah, I got to interview loads of celebs. Well, it was all, I was a music editor on the paper. I got to ed- um, I got to interview like Huey from the Fun Loving Criminals. Amazing. Incredible. He's been a, he's been a guest on here. Yeah, I thought so. I thought <laughs> so. He's awesome. Um, and yeah, Stereophonics. Um, and then Jarvis Cocker, which was like the absolute ultimate one. And in those days, student press was actually quite uh, important in a, a rock band's career because you know you get the students on side. That's a big part of your demographic. So they used to send loads and loads of money into these sort of meet and greets and the one that I went to with Jarvis Cocker there was like 
a huge tequila bar all laid on for just student journalists. So when you're 18, 19 and there's free tequila, I think there were some nibbles. No, there weren't nibbles. That's why I threw up. <laughs> Basically, you partake. Did yeah. anyone no. ever give you the heads up, like the memo, the, the, the tequila talk of like, when tequila seems like a good idea, that's when it's fundamentally the worst fucking idea ever. Uh, no, I'm afraid right. no one did. And I wish I wish they had because I totally, I don't think I'd really been that drunk before. Um, and I know it's quite late, but I lost my virginity really late as well. So like about 20, that's late, isn't late it? Late bloomer. Uh, well, that we, late? From, from where we come from, it's late, Alexis, but that probably okay. says more about where we grew up than, <laughs> than anything else. Can I come to you for reassurance, though? <laughs> sure. My life's sure. choices. Hey, you could, uh, I think it's fine. Thank you. So, yeah, it was like probably one of the first times I've ever got really drunk. I just remember sitting on the floor of the toilets of this VIP green room, whatever, back going, and I knew I had to go in and interview him, and I was just such oh. a mess. I was so scared and I was going to mess it up. Um, threw up, went in, interviewed him. It's probably smelling of, well, definitely smelling of sick. Managed to get through the interview, but there were definitely moments where it could have gone in his direction. And when I think of this story, I think of that classic story of Martine McCutcheon on a date with Mick Hucknall when she threw up into his dreadlocks. And everyone said it was like a rumour at the time, but then she came out and said, no, it was true. So, um yeah, that was that was the first one. Well, oh. I mean, for me, I think Jarvis Cocker. I don't think there's been a cooler pop star since Jarvis Cocker. Uh, I, I think he's the creme of awkward pop stars that just own it, that write about grotty, the seedy and grotty sides of you know working class England. I love it. How was he? Because he always seems quite delightful. And so what year? Would, would this have been mid-90s? Yeah, it must be, I think. So I must have been at uni in the, in the late 90s, maybe around 95 to 98, I think, possibly. Might even have been before that. Um, and they were at the height of their career. So I yeah. think um, Disco 2000 was out. Uh, around that time. Oh, the absolute peak Possibly. of their career then. Yeah, they were huge. He was. I found him quite aloof and intimidating, um, but I think it's shyness. A lot of the times when I've met the famouses, yeah. it's shyness on their part yeah. um, and, and also like a pressure and they've got other things going on. I think that's one of the massive mistakes that people make as fans is that you always think it's all about you and it, it largely isn't. It's yeah. just that they've got... You know, who knows what was going on within the band and, and all that kind of stuff at the time. Um, but, yeah, it was like the halcyon days of student journalism. I don't even know if that sort of thing exists anymore, but I'm it was, sure a, it it was amazing. It, it must just be blogs and stuff now, I imagine. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, student press was like, if you worked for a student mag, that was amazing. Like, you know, you're talking to someone that grew up watching Press Gang, which was the greatest TV show ever. Dexter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Julia Swan. Legend. Yeah. <laughs> I love that whole dynamic. It was great. <laughs> My girlfriend just graduated from King's College. Oh, no yeah, way. She, yeah, she just did her English lit. That's and, exactly uh, what I did. As a, as as a, mature, a mature student, student by, by the way, because I'm, I'm quite old, old so I don't want everyone thinking, you're dating an 18-year-old. I'm, I'm not. Um, but she, she loved it there. But, um, yeah, it has changed that dynamic somewhat. They still treat quite a lot, a lot of that stuff seriously, but she her background's music PR before she moved in there. And she oh, was okay. desperate to do that for them. And they're like, nah, we don't really see the point. So it has changed a little bit. Since, well, that was, uh, that was what got me really heavily into bands and being in bands and stuff myself, you know, just being able to meet all those people. And actually, I remember um, I interviewed Kelly from Stereophonics and I left my book of poems, like really embarrassing poems. I'd left it um, in the interview and then he came, he found me after the gig and he went, oh, by the way, you left this. And I was just like, oh, you didn't read it, did you? And he went, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> read it all, read it all. It was very embarrassing. And I was secretly thinking, is it going to turn one of my terrible poems into the next Stereophonic song? But it didn't happen for me. <laughs> so did you? It's kind of cute, though, for a star, rock star, to come up yeah. to you and say, "Hey, you, you they just this. started out. They were literally, they were, you know, they were this little band from Wales. Yeah. No one really knew much about them. And in fact, 
I think the student, the student contingency, the student journal contingency really did a lot for their career. I mean, I basically made, I made the story. You made them. They had a really weird um, marketing strategy. So they were one of the first bands to be signed to V2, which was um, Mm -hmm. Branson's offshoot of, of Virgin. Uh, and I'm sure if there's some real aficionados out there writing and, and tell me that I'm wrong, um, I won't listen. But um, but yeah, they write in as uh, well. Just this, yeah. we're, we're talking old it's school. It's Blue Peter. It's right? Blue Peter, isn't it? <laughs> but they they done a thing where um, the, the 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 label would pay venues to put on the stereophonics rather than you pay to put on the stereophonics. The mm-hmm. label's like, here's a hundred pound, put this band on. And we supported them in, in South End on one, on these early tours. Uh, and I, I just remember like they played something like 300 and however many gigs in the first year, just hammering wow. it and hammering it. I mean, it, everything else aside, that first album warranted the hype you know it's really good when you got yeah. local boy in a photograph and things Amazing. like that you know, these are incredible records uh but uh but yeah it was quite unique you know i think they were one of the first bands to sign to v2 and that was their kind of way of of getting them out there uh, uh it obviously worked i mean that happens all the time though when i was when i was on an almost pop star back in the day um they used to buy records into the charts i'm pretty sure that still her you know still happens you'd have Sit down conversations about how much they were willing to pay to buy into the charts. I mean, so tell us about tell that. us about this. I'm interested. So you you was a, a yeah a, almost a pop star, or was you a pop star? What happened? Well, I I, I say almost a pop star because I'm really like self deprecating <laughs> to read. Don't know what the word is. Down on myself, but actually I did do quite well. Um, I had a lot of record deals and I had a lot of chances, but it just never kind of worked out for me. Um, but I, I certainly, I certainly gave it a good innings. And then when I, every time I didn't make it as a pop star, my songs were good. So I just passed them on to other, like secondhand, you know, tracks onto other artists, and and like gave one to Kylie, one to Rachel Stevens, um, some X Factor, like tracks I gave away and stuff, and dance records. So it kind of, although it didn't work out. Um, I saw a lot of the business. I learned so much about the music industry. Um, and yeah, it's one of those weird things. Like that's why I run a night about it. That's my whole interest. And probably why I picked five also rounds would have been my other option is I'm fascinated by what happens when you slip through the net in life in general. Um, and I, I very much did. I slipped through the net. I could have been, I could have been a huge star. Mm. Um, I'm not sure that that would have made me happier though. Yeah. To be honest with you. So it's good. I've seen both sides. My Poundland life now is uh, <laughs> is uh, quite in contrast, but I'm I'm very happy. So, yeah, I don't know where I would be now. It's, I do think about that sometimes. Like, where would I be if my records had actually taken off? I was signed to Universal and Warner's and stuff. Um, as Alexis Strum. As Alexis Strum, yeah, you can you can actually Google me. <laughs> it's like all my old pop videos and stuff. And, oh, amazing. Um, yeah, and when I used to temp. When I when I didn't quite make it as a pop star, I I called myself Alex Strum because I was so embarrassed by it all. And then like eventually, obviously, wherever you tempt people, kind of Google you or they find out. But um, yeah, for a long time, I, I was really ashamed of that whole pop past because it didn't work out, and I felt oh, I'm such a failure. Um, but actually, yeah, looking back on it now, I'm like I had a brilliant time. They gave yeah. me hundreds of thousands of pounds to go and make records out in America and sit on my ass. Literally. <laughs> also, we're not going to put it out. Brilliant. I don't have to tour and I have to do anything. <laughs> so it worked out. Yeah. That's cool. And so, and some of your songs ended up finding their way into the hands of like Kylie and Rachel Stevens. And, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're two people whose records were absolute pop perfection, right? Yeah. I mean, I have so much respect for the artistry of songwriting. I really mm. do. Pop music is incredibly hard to write well. And, um, and yeah, there's like the whole songwriting and the craft of it. I was really into that lifestyle. I found it fascinating. It got me to travel the world. You get put on songwriting dates by your publisher um, and they match you up with people. It's fascinating how it's all done. Um, and just the chemistry of what happens when two people get in a room and write songs. And I wrote with uh, 
Billy Steinberg, who wrote um, True Colours and Like a Virgin and wow. like some of the biggest hits of the 80s. And just to walk into a room with him, I mean, as a fan, it was it was amazing. The fact I got to write with him was incredible. But like literally, I, I was just like, oh, my God, this man is a genius. That's incredible. He has a whole stack of written, fully written song lyrics. It's kind of like the Elton John and um, Bernie Topin. Yeah. yeah kind of thing where he just literally he just writes lyrics and they're all every single one of them is an incredible hit song it's just yeah phenomenal wow if you wrote true colors you know what you're doing right yeah didn't we didn't write a follow-up true colors (laughs) two true colors the return two two (laughs) colors (laughs) two colors yeah (laughs) but um it was lots of fun nonetheless yeah We've seen that. I mean, Stu's uh, even longer time promoter than myself, and we, we've seen so many uh, incredible bands that didn't quite that had had it all, and you know, just because of circumstances, so many different factors that are even if you work really hard and you do it all right, it doesn't yeah. quite put you in that into that slippery that trajectory that makes you you know become super well known. And it's tough, really, because you sit there thinking, oh, they did it. They did it all right. You know, they sounded incredible. But um, also, it's nice to sometimes go back and listen to those gems and thinking, yeah. You still well, did it. I, I they saw, think yeah, you still exactly. did it. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. And I think what, how you wrote that and how you look back on your history is so important because, it, you know, it, it, it helps. And, uh, and to be grateful and to see all the, the good, amazing things that you experienced is uh, – other people can get jaded by the music industry. You've seen that a lot, Stu, as well, can't you? Where, Completely, yeah. You know, they, they didn't quite get what they wanted out of it, mm. and it's like most of us don't, so. Yeah. I mean, I it's, getting, right. it's getting quite quite highbrow. I'm getting a bit concerned. Maybe we should uh, wind it back, back to down to uh, yeah, throwing up on just your shoes. That, <laughs> while you guys were talking, I, I kind of figured out what Jarv- why Jarvis was aloof, and um, you're right. Sometimes it's just nerves and, you know, they're just – human beings from doing all our club nights we've met plenty of people and it's easy to mistake it as that but like you say it's shyness but i'm pretty certain he could just smell the sick on your breath i'd say that's likely yeah yeah. and also i was like some sort of 19 year old idiot student (laughs) journalist i would hate me you know i reckon i had a wanky outfit on i probably had some tie-dye it just it was just like oh seriously have i got to talk to her (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Maybe fancied me, and that was the aloofness. That's another option. Uh, lean towards that. Tell yourself that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Always, always. Apparently, Jarvis <laughs> loves a bit of uh, leveller's chic tie dye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? What's your number four? On? Do you want me to move on? To Go number? for it. Let's do yeah, it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. So um, this time, this is a really good one because I got gastroenteritis um, on the way back. <laughs> First and only time I've had it, it was very exciting. Um, I had a pot noodle and I got it from a pot noodle, which no. controversial because I still eat pot noodles and I love them and I love super noodles yeah, as well. Yeah, you're in good company. Good. I mean, there's a lot of effort goes into making them, obviously. Yeah. Um, On toast is the best way. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't tried that. Um, so I had this pot noodle and I was with this my boyfriend at the time and it's quite new into the relationship when you don't really want to even like fart or go to the toilet or even acknowledge that that happens so he was driving me back from his house to mine and on the way in the car I could feel the stirrings um (laughs) and I thought oh my god just pull over so he pulled over and in the beginning it was just vomit so that was okay because I couldn't have done the other option in the street um (laughs) Then he drove along a little bit more, and I and I was like, "Oh my god, it's it's going to come out of both ends." I'm so glad I'm sharing this with you. Um, it's really embarrassing. Oh. Kind of in my face. So I happened to see a church over just the other side Perfect. of the road. So I Stay classy. Ran into the church, and I destroyed that poor <laughs> church toilet. And I was in there for so long, I got locked in, and. Um, <laughs> My boyfriend was frantically trying to find out where I'd gone because he hadn't seen where I'd run into. I literally was like, you know, like when you really need, it's going to come out. So I literally ran into the church. He had to track me down um, and then, like, managed to find – he found the church. It was like, oh, maybe she's gone in there, but all the the lights were off. 
So he went and found the warden and he said, oh, I think my girlfriend's gone into your church. She's like, no, no, it's closed now. And thankfully, she had the presence of mind to go and check. <coughs> and I was in the, in the toilet. I wouldn't let anyone come in. I kept apologising to this poor woman. And then, because it, it was destroyed. And then a week later, I was like a total mensch. And I went back there <laughs> with a bottle of champagne and gave it to her. So oh. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Don't come I, I know, I've told you that. <laughs> you, can't, you can't see me like this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was pretty awful. Oh, and then I ended up on wow. a drip. I ended up on a drip as well because it was I'd thrown up and the other ended so much that yeah, I ended hydration. Up, yeah, from the gastro. So oh, yeah, that was classic. What um what pot noodle? What flavour? It was uh, what we all the, the know. curry one. The curry one. Okay. I yeah. d- I don't let that put you off the curry pot noodle though because that's a quality pot noodle. The bomb. Do you like a Bombay bad boy? Is that the one you're talking that. about? Yeah, it's quite hot, obviously. It's, oh, no, I haven't yeah. tried that one. Yeah, yeah, give it a whirl. But, um, no, oh. I do like a pot noodle. It's a, it's a shame, though, because, uh, yeah, it was it was quite unpleasant when you can't control it, do you know what I mean? Tsunami. <laughs> I, I mean, that's also really not what you want in those kind of early few dates, is no. it? No, it's that's not. Like, that's that's that about image. as worst-case worst scenario as possible, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think for a girl as well. I don't know why. It's just it feels like less acceptable for a girl to um, have it coming out of all orifices. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I can I can understand that. For a guy's perspective, we don't. We I think we're too. We don't care. Speak for yourself. Yeah. I think I'd still be a bit sheepish. <laughs> it's a good war story though. It's like kind of like oh, with your yeah. mates. You'd be like, oh yeah, well I went out shit myself. Not <laughs> so classy when you're a girl. My, my friends. Shit, those sales stories are just the absolute best, Alexis. They make make my make my day all the time. Oh. But, um, I've got one of my, one of my girl mates. Uh, we in herself stories is incredible. Where oh gosh, she very quickly she uh, got caught short. She was shopping and she had loads of carrier bags in her hand and uh, in both hands. And she was like, "I'll get home. I'll get home." And she was wearing a little jumpsuit or play suit, the one with not long legs. Yeah. I'm not too sure what one that is. And she just. She couldn't put them down. She couldn't put the bags down because she was worried about class and stuff. And so she just made the decision just to stand in the street and pee. And she said, that she, she just go, I don't know what, how it came to that. She just was like, oh, I'm just going to go. I can't, I can't get home quick enough and I can't put the carrier bags down. So she just peed her pants. And she said, as she did it, some blokes will pass her. Oh, <laughs> Of what point is it inevitable this is going to happen? No, there's no point putting the bags down. It's going to happen. I can't understand. This is a sensible human being that I know as well. And I think she just gave gave up. I think she just gave up. I thought you were going to say she did it in one of the plastic bags because that would have some sense to it. Let me me text her that now, Alexis. Find out. Tell her what she should have done. (laughs) There are such she-we as well, actually. I would advise... Ladies investing in a shiwi. Good are for they, festivals. Do they work? Do they, are they decent? I, I've heard they work. I've never tried one personally, yeah. but I think, I think, yeah, apparently. Are they what like the little things it? that, like, you just literally whack it on and, like, and, and pee in it like a fella would at a urinal? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Winkle for a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah. Stick on urinal is basically, yeah, <laughs> it. That's it. Yeah. I'm, I tell you what, we're really covering some really, like, Disgusting so you, round. This is what the listeners if, if we talk festivals, what what um mm. uh, are the ones that I find quite strange? You, you you may have walked past them and seen them, Alexis. Is um the ones where there's just like two rows like butted up with each other, so your head is literally less than oh. a metre away from the guy opposite you who's yeah. urinating in these outside urinals. And obviously at a festival you're drinking pints and pints and pints, so you just got to piss constantly. Uh, and, and and it is good because there's very rarely queues for blokes to have a piss at a festival, which is handy, whereas, you know, it always seems like there's these momentous queues yeah. for, for, for women to go and uh, find a lure, uh, a thing. However, it's really strange. When you walk in and you see it, you go, oh, it's them toilets, the ones where, like, mm. I'm going to be that far away from another guy's yeah. face. Why nobody has ever put some kind of advertising banner about six foot above everyone's heads and missing a trick? Because every single fella just looks up. Nobody is looking directly into a stranger's yeah. eyes whilst they've both got their knob in their hands, apart from Chris. Um, 
But obviously, you, you, everyone just stands there and is like, <sighs> stares up. Advertising opportunity right there. Okay. Get the podcast up there. I mean, exactly, really, right. you should, exactly. shouldn't you? Hardcore piss. Oh, you know, sugar. can I ask a question about... Oh, I've got a delivery, but I'm just going to delivery. ignore it because I think it's um, it's nothing important. Do you want um, to grab it, Alexis? It's fine. I can, all right. Oh, one second, sorry. Did you order oh, yeah. the Shiwis? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just order them on Amazon? Sorry, it's just the neighbour's kid. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was your job, oh, lot gosh. of Shiwis just arrived. <laughs> Amazon's really, Amazon Prime does not mess about. <laughs> She's pixel advertising, yeah. they know what I you're looking at. Some, <laughs> I ordered some friends for my daughter. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> They've arrived too early. Uh, what were we saying? Was you were going to ask us oh, a question. Yes, I do want to ask you a question because. Like, I never really understood the etiquette of men when they wee. So you mustn't ever look down, I'm guessing, when you go to public toilets. But what if someone talks to you? Do you turn your body to them or do you just stand forward? So if someone goes, oh, mate, uh, what time does this place close or something? Right. Yeah. No, no, no man has ever turned their body to the other guy because there will be trouble. <laughs> because, because really, you're just going gonna, gonna to hose them down. Right, really, right. So it, you can sometimes do, you do a, cur- a cursory glance, but you just got to be careful with your eyes. Then, where cur- you cursory glance isn't going to end up. Uh, it's not going to hold up in court, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this is, it comes. There's, there's a lot of like factors involved in this, Alexis. Right. So, okay. Um, yeah. I I always find it really weird when I walk into a urinal and there's somebody there urinating. Uh, texting with both hands. So there's there's so the etiquette can be uh for me I'm more traditional, I'm like buttons fly, uh dinkle in one hand. Right? <laughs> Standard. However dinkle <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. Um but you do get the people that are quite confident that just do flies and pull uh, and bollocks as well. Yeah, <laughs> and use the balls as like a little yeah. sort of rest. Cushion. What? And so the balls it, sort of like help angle the the, the penis penis up into and then, the. And then they're just chatting away on their phones, both hands texting, and I'm I'm always a little bit impressed with that confidence. But I haven't got that confidence myself. I just think, oh no, I've got a feeling that could go badly wrong for me. Like, it's, I, I hope it does for the people who do it. Really, That's it's, risky. Com- it's like yeah. Michael. Like we were talking the other day about the movie Shame and, and Michael Fassbender f- flashing his willy. And that. That it's film. like it's like it's too confident. There was no need for him to be showing his winkle like that. There's no need for them stunt, to it's be. It's a stunt, Willie. I reckon. You reckon? Yeah, stunt genitals stunt always. Up. I mean, that's yeah, not come out publicly yet. That's a stunt one, and he's probably quite happy to keep it that way. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in all the research we've done, uh, we haven't been able to find the uh, yeah the, the other person, the stunt. But you cop. know, on the invention tip, you were saying about the billboards sort of mm. above the urinals. What about a stand? You know, like you've got a stand there for your mm-hmm. microphone. So a little stand that goes over your fly mm-hmm. that holds your phone. Like a little fishing rod yeah. rest. Exactly. I, I mean... Just- why are we setting up offices in urinals, though, guys? It's, I mean, we're trying to get people in and out of them. Mm. As it's a pandemic, to... though. There's not going to be any offices after. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> once, once everyone loses all their jobs, there will be no more offices. So, yeah. <laughs> number like, three. Number, number three? Number three. School disco. So do you guys know oh. of school disco, the club night? Yeah, of course. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. okay. So club uh, school disco was really big like a good few years ago and it, for people who don't know it it's just you 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 dress up in school uniform which actually sounds really pervy now and it and it is um it's a really good place to pull for both sexes um and they play cheesy sort of 80s or 90s music and i went on a new year's eve there uh, a long time ago um and i was sat on the floor it was a long night hadn't really fancied anyone. There was no one to pull. And I was just like, I feel really sick. I'm probably going to vomit. I don't want to vomit over myself. I happened to see someone had left (laughs) a jumper on the floor next to me. (laughs) And in my haste for the vomit to come out, I actually picked this poor person's jumper up, threw up into it, 
and then put it back down. <laughs> so, <laughs> and and I still feel a little bit bad about it. Not so bad because like they would never be able to identify me unless they were doing DNA tests. Yes. But, but the fact that I picked up someone else's top and threw up into it, and then I carried on dancing as you would because it was New Year's Eve. And in fact, I did go on to pull someone and snog them after I've been sick in someone else's jumper. Yeah. I've been I'm a actually, well, I mean, that, that evening, you were a, a truly, <laughs> truly awful person. <laughs> yeah. I was that, I hate myself for that night. I was a horrible person. There's you, nothing when, good about that. When did you realise you're a bad person for that? Because when I do things like that, it's like I, I get it at like seven a.m. the next morning, and I'm lying there all like rested, and then I just yeah, get me question. going. I do you remember what? Do you remember how much of a prick you was last night? And my eyes just come wide open, and then that's it. I'm just. I know. As I did it, I knew it was really oh. bad. Yeah. Good work. But I didn't stop myself. But funnily enough, school disco's got a very interesting legacy of. Um, wardrobe-related incidents, because one of my, my best friend went there a few years ago and she had this really nice white puffer coat and when she put it on at the end of the night, there were two dead mice in the sleeve that had obviously crawled in. In, in the, the cloakroom? No, like she'd had it... You always... School disco didn't have a cloakroom. Yeah. That's why everyone's shit was all over the floor. But, like, you just put your coat, you bundled them on the floor somewhere. Yeah. But, yes, obviously some, some mice had climbed in for comfort and warmth and died in there. So Wow. Yeah, I'm really selling it. I don't know if it still exists and probably because of me it had to be shut down. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, basically. Chris, have you thrown up anywhere? Uh, oh, loads, loads of places, loads of embarrassing places. Yeah. Um I guess the two that always spring to mind is the one where this is very quick. I felt I loved science at school. And I did a biology class, and my fa- it's my favourite teacher, Mrs. Springle. I loved her; she's bloody brilliant. And I remember just tapping, feeling sick, and it was all happened really quickly. Just tapping her on the shoulder because I was quite a goody two shoes. Like up until fourteen, I was an angel, and then Charles Manson after that. And basically, um, I tapped her on the shoulder. She said. She turned round and said, "Yeah, what's up, Chris?" And then I just project I vomited all over the blackboard. But I can. Why would I do that? I just like panicked, and it all came up, and it was just it was like um, spaghetti all over the blackboard. And I was like, "Can I go to the nurse's office?" And she was like, "Well, yeah, that definitely warrants going." I'm not lying about that one. And uh, the other time was I'd finished university, and um, forgive forgive me if I've repeated this on the podcast before, but um, I finished uni and. It's about two years later, but in, in my mind, I, I still think I smoked a lot of marijuana and I didn't. I'd given it up. <laughs> and uh, I went to the place I was working. Some of the, some of the people there was like, we're going to have a, a stone-a-thon. And I was like, yeah, I'll come and join you for that, guys. And uh, it was at a house party and everyone was smoking a lot of marijuana and they got out uh, hash browns, ha- sorry, hash cakes. spice cakes. And um, I've never been able to handle them my whole life. Just stay away from it. And I had a couple of those, well, one of those, and I did a bong. And it was a really busy party. And uh, just as uh, this guy was bringing a tray of drinks round, I just got tunnel vision and just out of the blue projectile vomited. And it went, I, it kind of, my whole thing went in slow motion. I was literally looking at him in the eyes who was bringing the drinks to the table as I was staying up over his lounge. lounge. It, it all went, went in the, the drinks. And oh, the whole, no. the whole yeah, yeah, it was, it was really, really bad. bad. And the whole room just went silent. So there was probably about 30 <laughs> people in there as I did this. And uh, one of the lads I, I worked with, who never said anything to anyone, went, you know how to ruin a party. And <laughs> everyone just started laughing. I was like, oh, God. That's just the most embarrassing thing ever. Brilliant. So yeah, I've I've had my run-ins with being sick for Fun sure. How, how about you, Stu? Have you ever? Yeah, yeah, I got, yeah, a few. Um, uh, on stage at the Moles Club in Bath. Um, no, it was the Adelphian Hole, uh, and I thought, oh, I'm going to be sick, and I knew that there was like a verse that I didn't play on, so I literally ran <laughs> off stage. <laughs> 
threw up and literally just come back on to the keys like for the for the like the last for the middle eight or whatever it was but yeah that one and then obviously I, I believe I've said it on this but um it's the grossest thing that I've ever experienced in my life um was a, a, a thing called Midem or Midem in oh Midem yeah, yeah in Cannes in Cannes yeah and and I, and I went there in maybe 98 uh and have you been there Alexis I think so, yeah. And it's just a huge centre and and there's, you know, it's, it's all very music-y, back-slapping, but we were just chancing our arm there. And and I, I, I'll tell you what I've been drinking, Desperado, and this is 1998. <laughs> no, it's tequila, right? Like, but nobody... Tequila. Was that when it was actually tequila in there, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Originally so tequila. We, and you couldn't get it in it the now. UK then, yeah. and obviously it's quite a popular drink now, but this is like yeah. fucking, like, end of the 90s. So we was we went mad on it the night before. Woke up really hungover, and got to the conference centre. And I was like, I said to like uh, my mate, I was like, Leah, I, I'm gonna throw up. I feel fucking awful. And like, and it was one of the ones where, oh god, I really am. And like, and I run, and the first toilet I got to was shut oh, god, yeah. for cleaning. And I was like, oh no, I'll have to find another one. Then I got to the next one. <laughs> and the door was ajar, but it had like the kind of the the uh, the cones as if they you know to notify people it was being cleaned. And I just run in, and there was like an array of like um, booths or uh, 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 cubicles. And this poor French woman was was cleaning the the, the one at the far end, and I've just run into about like the, the third one along. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. She hadn't cleaned. And as I got in there, this is really gross, there was a lot of semen on the toilet seat. (laughs) (laughs) To which I've just gone fuck. And then thrown up all over the wall behind the toilet and over the, the actual sort of back of the toilet. <laughs> and then just literally just got some kind of, you know, a bog roll, wiped my mouth and walked out just going, I'm so sorry. Like, and I just, to this day, also much like the person who had the jumper and that, just think, what would she have just walked into? Like, yeah. just, that's a, that's a fucking horror film right there. Do you think? Do you think she thought you came as well? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was stealth. If so, like you know, oh. mate, mate, I don't know, but <clears throat> I, I mean, nobody needs to see that. That's that was pretty horrific. <clears throat> yeah, and it's quite contagious, isn't it? When someone throws up, I think, or when you see something disgusting, if you see vomit, it makes you want to vomit. Yeah, and probably yeah. a semen like. Engaged your. That doesn't work the same. It didn't make me come. <laughs> oh, <laughs> semen. Oh. I wasn't going there. I mean, you're like, not again. It's so disgusting. You were like, no. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Does that, does that come into any of your other, uh, into your top two, Alexis? You know, the whole chain spuking. 
No, uh, yes, it does actually. It ah, does. It's almost wow, like you prepared good. that question. It, it comes into number one. Good link. Ah, okay. I'm, really, I'm not going to get there yet because we've still got another one to do. Let's do that. Cool. Shall I hit you with it? Yeah. Let's do it. This is another. This is a very. I think this is the most shameful one out of all of my stories. Fuck me. Okay, so <laughs> I went out with my <laughs> sister, and uh, she works in the city. Uh, she's got very like normal jobs, and 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 she said, "I'll come out. We'll go drinking in the city. It's like a thing." On a Thursday night, it's two for one. You already know how that the night's going to end with that. So we went to this bar. I think it was called Abacus. I think it got closed down because of like the, it was raided for drugs. Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we had a few bottles of wine, half half price, obviously two for one. And um, I had a great night. Got on the train to go home that night, and you know, you get on the train, you sit down, and you say that tunnel vision. Everyone starts moving. You don't want to close your eyes because if you close your eyes, you, that feeling, it's like you're being taken over by a spirit, literally. Yeah. Um, and I suddenly realised I was going to throw up. Everyone was already looking at me because I was literally that that basic bitch who was swaying all over. <laughs> um, and then thankfully, the train stopped at Hackney Downs and I'm sorry for the people of Hackney. <laughs> I got off the train. It was about 12 o'clock at night. Have a really nice Fiorelli handbag, setting this up for you. Got off the train and spewed up, but opened my bag as I did it. I don't know what I was thinking, like kind of collecting it or there was floor. But as I did it, opened my bag. So I I threw up over everything in my bag, phone, makeup bag, the lot, trashed it. Um, And then... It gets worse. I got back on the train the next stop. And you know that like, everyone was looking at me. I, I was ashamed of myself. Bag full of sick. You've got a bag of sick. You've got a bag, bag of sick. sick. Bag of sick. <laughs> that was me. Um, got back to my... I was staying at my parents' house that night. Um, I don't think I was living there at that point. It was a long time ago. Um, and in my old bedroom at my parents' house, there's a sink in the bedroom. It's like this really old-fashioned room. And then I got in, threw up in the sink, and uh, the next morning, it hadn't gone down the sink. So it was just oh. kind of there, like potpourri <laughs> <laughs> for my mum to clean up. And that's that's the time I threw up in my handbag and my old bedroom. So did, did you the next day then have to kind of deal with the bag? I did have to deal with the bag. So the bag, I, I basically, then the next day, you know, like when you become like a forensic pathologist, <laughs> literally gloves, you know, wipes, da, 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 da. The bag was not savable, unfortunately. Rest in peace. But the contents, actually, I managed to like salvage. That was good. But yeah, the bag, the bag was a goner. And I love that bag. It was, it was like magenta leather with a little frill on the front. And it was just beautiful. So yeah, I mean, devastating. You make bad decisions when you're drunk. That's the problem. You do. This is why it's bad. Have you been drinking in lockdown? Out of interest, a little bit. So So you've done quite. You did quite a lot to start with, didn't you? I I drank every night for about two months, uh, (laughs) and uh, I've not drunk for three weeks. I've stopped drinking, um, like just because, like. I say I was drinking. I was drinking every night, but I guess maybe a glass or two glasses of wine. Like, but yeah. it just become first of all holiday mode. Then it was just like it become like habitual. It was like, oh, let's have another. It's seven o'clock now. I'm done. Let's have a glass of wine. And it's like, oh, I don't really need this. Like, <laughs> I don't need to do this. Why am I doing it? And then I got bored of wine, so I was like buying different kind of nice beers and going, oh, yeah, I'll have that. And then it was like, I'm bored of that. I'll buy a nice whiskey. And it was like, why don't I just not? And Mm. so, yeah, so kind of, yeah, I've been uh, drinking bucket loads of water and, and, yeah, we've been been fasting, haven't we, Chris? Yeah, you've done really well on the not drinking front. When was the last time you had a drink, Stu? I had. had, Do you know what I had? I'll tell you what I had. (laughs) I had two of those uh, on Sunday night, and uh, and it really pissed me off. It really pissed mm. me off because uh, our sponsor gave me an alcohol-free beer. It was really nice. Uh, I've I've since ordered a case of that, which is arriving today. Uh, but yeah, I had like where I'm recording this now, Alexis. Is like this is like I've got like little bar in my garden, and oh, so nice. like, 
it's it's easy like if you went to go to the pub for the first time and I was like oh, I don't want to go to the pub I'm like I do want to go to the pub but I know that I'll have a beer if I go to the pub and uh, and the pub is shut so it's like, I'll come go back down the bar and uh, and I just thought I've got an alcohol free beer and then they just hung around and wanted to drink more so I ended up having two IPAs and I like, felt really <laughs> bad the next morning I thought oh why did I do that I didn't really need to do that but uh, but yeah so I'm trying my best to kind of not drink for a while good for you I, I can't I've just find it impossible because I have a five-year-old daughter <laughs> just I can't I couldn't do it because the next day when they get up at like six in the morning mm. uh you've got kids haven't you used to yeah yeah like they're, yeah they're... it's just hard work you yeah. know the next day we we had a guest on um <clears throat> about, about I don't know it's probably, probably over a year, year ago, ago now um, Rob, Rob and, and he, he did uh, top five Irish whiskies. And that became one. Of, that became quite a wild session with Rob. He came over from Ireland to, to record with us, and and I remember the next day I woke up at eleven a.m. and I felt like I had full blown flu. Yeah. And you'd gone into work, Stu, hadn't you? Well, you was on the train at I was like on the seven a.m. the next day, and 6 I, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could hear. I me. could hear the pulse in my own head that morning. Oh, oh I know exactly what you mean. Gross. Gosh. It was really gross. Like, yeah, I had a lot of anxiety that morning. Like and thankfully I'd videoed lots and and I just took comfort that you was a much bigger prick than me and so obviously as soon as you woke up I was like oh you wouldn't believe what you done it's made myself feel a lot better by making you feel worse yeah it was sending me the video footage of me rapping in the kebab shop yep <laughs> I think that sounds great night out I'd love that it, it does good. give you anxiety though doesn't it and more so like as you get older I just find the next day I just feel like really down on, on life and on myself and stuff. And I, I think with lockdown as well, that would just be too heavy a combo. Yeah. So I've just steered clear of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, me, me too. I haven't been drinking indoors. I've had, I've had the odd couple, but yeah, just can't hack it at the moment. Shall we, something uh... to look forward to though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, on to your number one, Alexis. The, uh, wow. Let's see what, what happens here. This one is a tale of... Um, I guess, like, inspired vomiting. So, you know, like when you inspire someone else to vomit. So um, my daughter and I picked some raspberries. We went raspberry picking and uh, didn't wash them because that's the kind of way we roll, you know. Oh, yeah. we, we're, like, we're like ninjas. We're like really cool people. We don't wash fruit. Feral. Bad move, right? Um, Feral. So <laughs> came home that night and um, I just all of a sudden it came upon me and... I literally, I didn't even have to, I was lying in bed and she was uh, in the bed next to me and I just didn't have time to get to the toilet. <laughs> so <laughs> I, from lying down, and I'm trying to do the pose now, but from lying down, I threw up just basically over myself, um, which was fine because I'd actually managed to contain it quite well, although it was red vomit because it was the raspberries, basically, that the, the guilty party. And all my bedding is always white. Um, so it was like sort of, bit of a horror film look and then then my daughter woke up saw that I'd vomited and then vomited all over herself and me and then turned her head and vomited over the carpet and I actually had to redecorate the bedroom because it was so bad like the vomit like I think raspberry is quite acidic or something I don't know yeah and and like so I had to get rid of all the bed sheets and the carpet had to get a new carpet just from like one sodding little punnet of raspberries wash your raspberries um, kids yeah wash your wash your fruit and wash your vegetables like why wouldn't you do that i don't understand what i was thinking i think we've established i'm not a very nice person and i'm a bit of an idiot basically <laughs> from my story what a cv so, yeah it's a good cv a good cv i haven't washed i've often not washed fruit but then um my girlfriend said to me when we did it not that long ago she's um she was got to watch that. And I was like, no, I haven't. She was like, but Fox might have paid up against that. Oh, like, oh yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah, maybe they I have. I think of that. Well, we have a lot of foxes around here as well, yeah. actually. The foxes cut their leg? I, um, hand, I think they do little handstands on their front two feet. <laughs> Somebody on one of my community groups on Facebook from my, right, my area posted a picture the other day uh, just saying, has anybody lost a dog? Um found him at the end of my road uh was a bit of a wrestle <laughs> getting him in the car and he was very snappy and it was a fucking fox 
Oh, I hate foxes. Right up, they're right up there with Trump. I can't bear them. They just uh, the smell of their. I don't know if it's their poo or their wee is so intense, yes. and they all make love outside my window at yeah. night. And Scream. You, you know the sound. It's it doesn't sound like they're having a good time. No. I'll be honest. Not pleasant. No, it doesn't. No, we we there's loads in uh, where where we where I'm at in Essex, and uh, they do that. And I've often they've just been sat on the lawn, but too quite far back. And they will just look you dead in the eye while they they shit on the lawn, and that 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 does absolutely stink. But the the love making is. It's I love that they look you dead in the yeah, eye. Yeah, they do. They know what they're doing. But the, I mean, okay. it, the they only way and like, it can get worse is uh, if you have a dog, like I do. Um, dogs like nothing better than rolling in fox shit. It's their oh, favourite yeah. thing to do. And then all of a sudden, when your dog comes in, you're like, "Well, that's a strange smell." Oh no! And like you think, oh fuck's sake! Now I've got to bath the dog and wash fuck shit off my dog. That's not a good day. We have covered a lot today, guys. Just I'm just going to say that we've done yeah. chiwis, sick, poo, <laughs> pee, jizzy toilets, yeah. jizzy toilets. My face has kind of been like in a bit of a grimace throughout, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not classy. I don't think anyone. I don't think my parents are going to be very proud of this. I think we've all been there, and we've all had these things because it's just a natural Pulse. part of making terrible decisions normally as yeah. a, a yeah growing up. So yeah, I'm sure we'll get some feedback from our listeners of what they've <laughs> what they've been up to. The dirty little yeah. bastards. Um, well, yeah. before we wrap up, Alexis. So when we come out of lockdown and, and things resume a little bit, what you got coming up? What's happening? Uh, well, actually, I am doing a few things. I've written a book about my experiences as an also-ran called The Time I Almost. So I'm trying to get published. But ironically, when you write a book about not quite making it, <laughs> no one wants to publish it. It's kind of a bit painful. Um, I'm working on that. I'm going to bully someone into it. Um, I do the Funny Women Survival Guide podcast, which is great. And I'm joining Twitch this week. And I'm going to start broadcasting some comedy stuff on Twitch because I feel like Twitch is kind of where the future is for, you know, for the kind of thing I do. I'm not like a, I'm not really a stand-up comedian per se. I'm just someone who likes chatting shit like you guys do. Um, and I feel like Twitch will be a good yeah place to to explore that really um and a, a friend of mine terry minor is is helping me out with that this week he's going to give me a little tutorial so that's cool incredible wonderful yeah well where's the best place for people to find out about what you're up to um probably twitter is the one that i'm obsessively living on at the moment i've got to cut out the social media obsession um <laughs> at alexis Strum or insta at alexis Strum. and i joined tiktok as well check you out no down the kids. <laughs> yeah i just feel like i get so much out of my 12 year old neighbor do you know what i mean like she i feel like i should employ her to do my pr and marketing you know <laughs> but they know what's going on they're they're so on it so yeah i'm on tiktok too Woo-hoo. wonderful well if it's cool with you we'll, sequel. we'll uh we'll tag you in everything when we put this out oh please do yeah Lovely. Uh, Alexis, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for sharing those stories. Cheers, Alexis. Thank you. Bye. Oh, yeah. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, and there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes, so if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, Scan the little code and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online. Because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. 
So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's a drunken soiree in the wifi. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.